You fuckers are in for it now. This woman should not have a baby. No, clearly not. She left it in a closet. Little Carlos. Actually, the baby's name is Tyler. Hello, everyone. This is part two of The Hangover. I'm drinking coffee now. James is trying not to fall asleep because he liked the movie. It's hard. I liked the movie. Uh, I didn't think I would. You know what? (coughs) Jesus Christ. Are you okay? He's inhaled some coffee. You're supposed to drink it, not Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. Um, that'll wake up Blake on his morning commute. <laughs> Shouts out to Blake. Um, the, man, the fucking... I didn't think I was going to like this movie. I really didn't. I thought it was going to be just too egregiously crude and shit for me. But I think I had the benefit... Of watching a billion other awfully crude movies before I watched The Hangover. In fact, they were probably influenced by The Hangover. What are so, you? What are you referring to? Oh, just like other movies where Sausage Party. Yeah, like like that. That is a movie that is infinitely more egregious than The Hangover. That's a movie that and really I exists. Sausage, I watched Sausage Party in theaters. It really exists. I contributed to that delinquency. It's a real we life should, movie. We should fucking review that. I will never be able to watch it again. We should review it. We should. We absolutely should. I... We absolutely should. I would... I would, it's you, you like know what? Bleach. How about you and James watch that one? <laughs> I'll bow out for that podcast yes. episode, and you yes. and James can do that uh, one. Yeah, I'll guess. I'll guess. Start. We're gonna get. We're gonna spend the first fifteen minutes talking about the movie, and the next forty minutes talking about the ethics of writing and scripts and cinema, and how you just can't do this shit anymore. Now you can't get away with it because it's really fucking bad. <laughs> That'll be what happens. Anyways, we should normalize breastfeeding. Yeah. Everybody has tits. We should normalize breastfeeding because they make a big deal about like, she just whips out her boob and starts feeding her baby. We're not even there yet. We're not even there yet. I'm there. Frankly, the movie is giga cringe, but buck wild. And now we are in the motel where Stu's wife is. I'm sorry. You had to stop my tangent about breastfeeding for that. Also, in relation to Stu's wife, Jade. They're legally married mm-hmm. in the state of Nevada. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back home and breaks up with his girlfriend after promising that he's going to take his date or he's going to take his wife on a date. They're still married. They didn't annul shit. They didn't annul anything. They said they were going to, but then they didn't because violence happened. No, she just gives him the ring back. Yeah, they're still fucking married. At the end of that movie, they're still married. Did you know Lindsay Lohan got offered that part and turned it down because she thought it would bomb? Could have had Lindsay Lohan as Jade. I'm glad we didn't. Yeah, that was in her bad phase. Also, Jade's really... Just, like, she gets that whole, like, innocent... She has a little wholesome vibe. Yeah, like a... It's like, no, you shouldn't be a stripper, no. Um... 
Anyways. Anyways. She whips out her boob. And, like, Phil's like, ah! And Zach Galifianakis does his... So, like, uh, breastfeeding, normalize it. And then the cops burst in. And it's fucking Rob Riggle, baby! Love that guy. He's hilarious. And then we're in jail. And we're in jail. And they are... So many things happen in this police station that would never happen in an actual police station, and it is fucking hilarious. I wrote, um, so they're, he's, like, they're just hanging in jail, and the cop brings this, like, group of kids around, and I was like, <laughs> scared straight programs. Funny. They are, uh... Infamous, infamous for not working. They also, I don't think you're allowed to do them legally anymore. No. No, you can't. Um, but they were for a time. There was a whole show on it. About Scared Straight? Yeah. Yeah, where they would, like, because there's, like, the, there's, like, the take kids before they're bad kids and, like, Mm. show them, please, like, don't do this. No, no, no. And then there's the one where they actually treat kids like Where they just put them in jail. And, like, yeah. for, like, a day or two days or whatever, like, you spend, some of them spend the night. Fucking, uh, you shouldn't do that. Um, shouldn't do that at all. And those are kids that have, like, they're trying to scare them straight. They've gone down the wrong path and they're trying to scare them straight. Notably has never been an effective I method. fucking love that show when it was on. Why? I don't know. You would have liked the, the show Bully Beatdown. Maybe. I've never heard of that one. Basically, as a quick sidebar, an ex-UFC uh, fighter gets a reality show where they get these folks who have been bullied by assholes uh, and they offer the bullies money if they can make it through like two challenges and then a fight with a MMA fighter. And it went for like two or three seasons. There's controversy, et cetera, et cetera. But they, some of, I never watched like the whole show itself. Sorry, I started seven sentences there. Uh, I never watched like full episodes, but I always enjoyed watching clips because the final challenge of every episode is that they have, the bully has to fight someone who like is like a legitimately dangerous fighter. And these dudes go in the cage thinking they'll get out unscathed they think they'll go in and win and i know it's like a reality show and it's like yeah they're getting paid for it blah blah blah. there were a few people that i watched do that that i think had full confidence that without a doubt they were going in there and they thought like maybe ufc is like the wwe and it's staged and shit and then they went in there and they got their fucking ass beat and it's hilarious i don't know if i'd like that as much i liked scared straight for the same reason i think i like watching my Strange Addictions and Hoarders now. Because mm-hmm. I watched it when I was a teenager. And it was one of those things where it's like, God, my life sucks. But not as bad as theirs. Oh. I think you could still get that high off of Bully Be Dumb. Maybe. But it's just watching assholes get their shit kicked in. It's hilarious. Um. Yeah, so they Is bring the kids by. and One kid goes to take a picture of Zach Galifianakis and he kicks the phone out of the kid's hand. Warranted. Warranted, but also, don't do that. Oh, I'd fucking do it. Um, or I'd do like a Bellatrix. Strange. Also, they call Tracy from inside the police station. That was right after the kids walked by. 
Or like while he's waiting, like on the phone. They use money to use a payphone. If you showed this oh, movie to phones. kids, if you showed this movie to kids, they'd be like, "What the fuck is he doing, putting money in that weird box?" Payphones, guys, remember those? I vaguely do. I've never used one, but I know what they are and how they work. I've used one. I've never been in a place where I needed to. Someday I probably will. They still exist and they still work. Some workplaces, but not really anywhere. Um, Tracy buys all the shit Phil sells her. Yeah! I'm, he's the charismatic one. Tracy, if I knew Phil, <laughs> if I if we were getting married... And Phil is my best friend. And Phil was your best friend, and Phil calls me and tries to sell me, like, like even if I just knew him a little bit, I'd be like, uh-huh, yeah, no, where the fuck is my fiancé? Where's the fuck? He's picking up the tab. Gotta go by, click. Like, also... He called a cell phone, and this is 2009. We still had fucking caller ID on our cell phones. You get a call from an unknown number. In 2009. Also, it wouldn't have been unknown. It would it come would, up it as... It wouldn't, though, because it was a payphone. It wouldn't uh, have come up as the fucking police. Yeah, it would have come up as just a random Vegas landline. Also, if you call unknown from an unknown number, I'm not picking up. So... Oh, uh, she was probably expecting a call from Vegas somewhere. It's like, maybe they didn't charge their phones or whatever, and it's like, okay. I can, I can see reasons why she would advance the phone. Either way, if I know Phil is a person and Phil tries to sell me some bullshit, I'm not buying. Not buying it. Um, And then we get to the interrogation room. Where Rob Riggle and whoever his partner is, I don't remember her name, but they are hilarious. These truly, cops, truly hilarious. These cops transferred from the South Park Division? <laughs> they definitely worked in uh, Trey and Matt's <laughs> version of South Park for some time. Oh. <laughs> Didn't have to be a long time, but they definitely worked there and then transferred oh to this God. Las Vegas police department in 2009. Oh my God. That's the funniest shit. I've ever heard. That's so fucking funny. And once again, <laughs> Phil sells some bullshit. Phil sells them on the idea that it would look really bad if they were found out to have lost their squad car to a bunch of fucking dorks. Phil might be an ass. But man, is he good. But he is ridiculously smart. Not maybe not book smart, although he is a teacher, so he's at least somewhat very streetwise. This guy, but he is street smart. Street smarts. And again, it fucking works. works. <laughs> so now the only thing they have to do to get fully out of being arrested and charged, demonstrate the use of a stun gun on yourself, uh, and you're free to go. Okay, you take that deal 100 out of 100 times. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If you steal a cop car, that's a felony. That's a whole felony. That's like federal time. That's not good. I mean, it's not going to be a long time, but it's not good. Fucking A, dude. Absolutely. What, we're going to tase me? Sold. Sold. Do it. Do it twice. Don't care. Long as I'm walking out of here at the end of the day, have a nice day. So they um They let the children do it. They offer it up to the classroom and I wrote a note because if you look in the background, 
They're like, who wants a turn? And the other cop in the room, like, raises his hand. The guy who is leading the tour of children raises his hand like a kid. Hilarious. And I was like... There's so many just little bit pieces in this movie that are so funny. A hundred percent would be that cop. They'd be like, who wants to? And I'd be like, oh, me. I haven't fired my taser this week. Let's do it. I mean, I still do that in circle times now in school. Like, Larissa will say something and I'm like, me, uh, I want, I like this or I'll do that. <laughs> like, You're a dork. I love you. And uh, it's just, yeah, no, can't relate. Unbelievable, dude. Um, And then, then there's a really funny line where uh, the cop calls Zach Galifianakis Fat Jesus. Not you, Fat Jesus. Not you, Fat Jesus. He doesn't even look like Jesus. Even if Jesus was fat, he doesn't look like Jesus. Whatever. Just bypass it. I thought it was funny. Um, then they would go to get their car out of impound. I'm not there yet. Oh, okay. I don't have anything until they go to get their car. I wrote, this movie is better than I remember. Um, and then after watching this whole scene where they're like, yeah, yeah, get him, get him. And like cheering and laughing and stuff. I wrote, these cops definitely transferred from South Park. Absolutely. It's uh, very South Park behavior. This whole scene would never happen. No. But it's hilarious. Yes. And then at the end of this whole tasing scene, they're like, all right, children, who wants to go get their fingerprints done? This is your personal PSA. I don't care what they fucking offer you. I don't care what they tell you, children. Children, don't listen to this podcast, first of all. Second of all, my second piece of advice to you tonight, other than turn this off immediately. <laughs> or at the very least, listen with headphones so your parents don't know is do not, if a cop asks you to, go get your fingerprints done if you're not being booked. I barely like doing it for my job. Okay? You have to do it to get your driver's license in Texas. Yeah, I was really pissed about that, actually, just so we're clear. I don't like people having my fingerprints. Not because I go commit crimes. No. Why? Because I don't want people to find me. You would never make it living off the grid. Too much dirt. It took me forever to put my fingerprint into my phone. Because I thought Apple would use my thumbprint. Well, they've already sold it to China. It's fine. And then... The same thing with my face, but Facebook already owns my face. Like, that's in their, like, terms and conditions as, like, a thing. They literally own your face and any likeness of your face. So at that point, I was like, well, Mark Zuckerberg already has it. Their terms and conditions are wow. They are wow. Things you learn in college. And even if you delete your fucking profile, it doesn't matter. No, they still own it. And they can still use it. They can still post as you. They can resurrect your profile. They can still post as you, even if you cancel. Anyways, enough about Facebook. I could go They're off on nefarious, that tangent. that meta. I could go off on a very long tangent about Facebook and why it's bad and Snapchat bad. and why you shouldn't have that. Oops, I redownloaded it. But I won't. Anyways, we're talking about the hangover. We're still I talking promise. about the hangover. Um, They go to the impound lot and they get their car. Yes, and it's pristine. Who would have fucking thought? And I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have either. And I wrote the state of this car gives me more stress 
than anything in this movie. Because I, I, re- I don't remember what happened to the car. I know where Doug is. I remember where Doug is. I know most of the things that happen in this movie. And what I couldn't lock down, because it's not that big of a plot point, is what happens to this car. And that gave me the most stress out of the whole movie. Because I was just like, ah, the car. Well, they take the car. Out into the... Driving on the strip, kind of. Mm-hmm. They're like strip adjacent. They and go then back. What happens? Because they end up off the road. Um, like the condom. Oh yeah, that's a fucking gag bit with a used condom. They're flopping it all over the place. Which ew. First of all, and second of all, ew. Uh, they toss it out of the car, and then someone thumps in the trunk. Conk. And then they thump again, indicating they're awake. And all James said is dug in the trunk. No, you said, you said was, I was like, oh yeah, and you're like. Ken Jong's in the trunk. And I was like, yeah, he's about to leap out naked, like, in two seconds. <laughs> Which, I'm kind of disappointed that you spoiled it, but. I thought you knew. No, nothing is as great in this movie as them popping the trunk open and going, Doug, huh? And a small, angry Ken Jong leaping. From the trunk Ken onto Jong. Bradley so Cooper's good. whole face with his whole dick out and hitting people with a crowbar. Oh, that was gold. Comedy gold. And that's Ken Jong's breakout role also. Mm-hmm. Like, And then he just takes man, off barefoot. Stark naked. Into the desert. I think we see his dick too, but I couldn't mm-hmm. tell. He also has like a full bush, so it's kind of hard to see it. I wasn't paying close enough attention because I was still marveling at the fact that he hit all those guys with crowbars. Um, But yeah, that shit was fucking crazy. And as they're lying on the ground, writhing in pain, we find out... Alan fucking roofied everyone. Not on purpose. He meant to give them all ecstasy. He still drugged people. It's not... I don't know if you've ever done hard drugs. I haven't. I've done mild drugs, and mild drugs took me fucking for a loop. James no had a bad time. No intention of ever doing hard drugs. Ecstasy is one of those hard drugs. Uh, I've also never done ecstasy. And I cannot fathom what life would be like for a night in Vegas on X. Cannot imagine it. it I can't imagine have getting been drunk in Vegas. Better. No. Well, they would have remembered parts of it because memory loss isn't an inherent side effect of ecstasy. It but can it be. is of Rooflin. Um. So everyone gets mad at Alan. And Stu tries to, like, murder him. Stu does hit him in the face with the car door and immediately feels bad about no, it. No, even before that, he was, like, up in his face and, like, like, literally about to, like, throttle him. And now Phil is now the only voice of reason. It was a real weird switch. Because he's like, blah, 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 like, and he's protecting Take a Alan. deep breath, goddammit. Um, so then, they go back to the hotel. And they're like, oh, fuck. The tiger's there. We forgot about the tiger. And I, my only thing was, how do you just forget about a fucking tiger? I don't know. In your bathroom. 
I feel like that's on the top of my priority list. Right? Is this the part where Mike Tyson's in the room? Yep. Because they come in and the music's on and it's playing uh, In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Great track. Also, sidebar, the music in this movie, fucking banging. Mike Tyson cannot sing. No. But he's not a world champion at singing. He's a world champion at beating the shit out of people. Couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. No, but it'll punch your face off. And maybe also bite your ear. I have questions. What are your questions? About the whole next chunk of this movie, because it's all about Mike Tyson and this tiger. Yeah. How were they Mm -hmm. able to break into Mike Tyson's house in the first place? That's a question you shouldn't ask. Because how does he not have better security? And we see his, he has like a whole security team, a gate, like fucking everything. So how in the fuck? Stop the fence. They didn't though. We saw them on the security footage. And then they also just walked out of the gate. So how in the fuck did these drunk, roofied assholes break into a highly secured house Roll up on Mike Tyson enough to take fucking pictures with a flash because it was dark. Well, bear this in mind. Who wants to break into Mike Tyson's house? Steal a tiger. No one. In a cage that probably has a lock. Walk it out on a leash. Put it in a cop car. Put it in a cop car. And drive it back to a hotel. Like, how does that even happen? That's the that's the most unbelievable part of this movie. Most of this movie I could buy probably actually happening. But breaking into Mike Tyson's house is where you draw the line? Yeah. Have you ever tried to break into a celebrity's house before? It's very hard. Have you? Whose house did you try to break into? I want to talk about that when there's evidence. What? What crime did you commit? I haven't committed any crimes. Okay, sure. Anyways. I didn't get in. It's not a crime. Oh my god. Stop admitting to things. Um. Mike Tyson tells them they gotta get the tiger back to his house. Perfectly fair, I think. He punched Alan in the face and demands that they bring his tiger back. They make stew feed the tiger the steak filled with drugs. And my only question about that is, hasn't stew been through a fucking enough? No. Phil should be feeding the tiger. Nothing stew, bad has stew, really happened to stew Phil. Stew hit Alan in the face with a car door. He has to do it. Phil hasn't done shit. Stew contributed to Alan's one of three concussions. Side note, Mike is a really nice guy. Didn't he sue them for the second movie, though? I don't know. Maybe because of the face tattoo. It's they did, because they didn't ask permission to use the face tattoo in the second Dumbasses. Well, it wasn't him who sued. It was his artist, I thought. I don't know. Somebody sued. Um, I don't know. We'll it's find at this out point, when we watch the next one. It's at this point in the movie, while they're waiting for the tiger to pass out of drugs, that I begin to think that these fuckers have been up for an extremely long time. They sing the tiger song. They've been up for... Hours. It's been like 36. And they probably only slept for like five. So like minimal they've been awake for 30 
plus hours. Thereabouts. They haven't eaten other than that breakfast in the morning. Well, no. Okay. So here's what's the timeline, right? They get to Vegas, get dressed, and go fucking rampage till 5.30, right? 5, 5.30. 5.30, they're back in their room. Because the valet ticket gets them back at 5.15. Mm, but if they move the mattress up, let's call it 6. Sure. So they put the mattress on the roof at 6 a.m., right? They So they go to sleep 6. Go to sleep at 6. Wake up like 10? It's like 10.30, I think, when they wake up. So four and a half hours. So four and a half hours, right? They don't sleep again. Then all that shit happens up till right now. They haven't eaten. They haven't slept. No. They had a little bit of breakfast in the morning. So much shit still. And then they... So they they take the tiger back to Tyson. The car. After roofing him. The tiger wakes up halfway through. Mauls Bradley Cooper. Who's fine. I don't know if you've ever seen what a tiger claw mark can do to human flesh. Especially it's not, on a three, it's not three little lines on your neck. That's like a regular cat. Yeah. It, that would be a chunk of flesh just gone. And also, that's near all your important veins and shit. You're bleeding out. Likely, yeah. If you don't go to a um, fucking hospital, you're dead. So they fucking push the car back to Tyson. He gets his tire. The tiger they destroys see the, footage. the car. Tire fucks up the car. Also, they run. They crash it into a bus. Yeah, they do some damage. Too. Uh, so then they leave, and they're at a stoplight, and they get sidelined by this car. Well, just fucking slammed. They also watch the security footage of the night before. Oh yeah, they get their clues. Um. And then they make Alan leave the room because Alan peed in Mike Tyson's pool. Yeah. For like an, an, a really long time. He had a lot and of And then... Pee. I just wrote poor Alan, that's why. Phil pretends to fuck the tiger. Yeah. Which is just gross. How this tiger causes so much damage... But didn't kill everyone. Round two. But like... Causes zero damage round one. He was just chilling. Going for a ride. Is confusing me. Like, he didn't do shit when they were doing that. So, um, they go off and they get slammed by this car. This car has Ken Jeong and his associates in it. They have Alan Satchel. They have Alan Satchel. They have a man in the back seat with a bag on his head. Ken Jong is so fucking funny. Toulouse, motherfucker. I heard that a lot between 2009 and now. Uh, and now I've seen the line. That's the first time. I've never seen him do that before. I always hear the one from part two, which is, I can't do the accent, so I'm not going to check. But the, but did you die? But did you die? Like, that's the one I always hear. Um, Basically, allegedly, they went to a craps table where Ken Jeong was, and they went on a fucking heater. And then they tried to kidnap Ken Jeong. And then they did kidnap Ken Jeong. And his boys didn't like that. So they, they also They also took $80,000 from him. Accidentally, on purpose, stole eighty grand. 
Oops. So, Ken wants his money back, and then he'll give you Doug. And everyone's like, uh, okay. How are we going to get 80 grand? Ah, they can't find the satchel. Uh, fucking Alan eats sofa pizza and then finds, his, finds book. his book on counting cards. Now, I will say this. If you want to win an exorbitant amount of money quickly in Vegas, the best fucking way to do it is to count cards in blackjack. Blackjack has the best odds of you winning in any game. And they're not good, but they're the best odds. And if you can hack the numbers, you can just win a shitload of money. They make it harder and harder all the time. They put more decks in rotation. They switch decks what's out. It up, what's it up to? Nine decks? In I think the wheel Jimmy now? said it's like five or six. Because in, in Ocean's Eleven, it was seven. Seven decks in a shoe. Well, in Cripple Creek, it's five or six. Is what I was well, saying, yeah, so. Cripple Creek is small. But, but so, like, you're thinking, like, probably double that in Vegas now. So you're looking at, like, 10 to 12 decks in rotation. That is so many fucking cards. And they, like, switch it out hourly, so you just get, like, a new stack of cards. And they come in, like, these giant wheels. So they can just switch out the wheels. And it's a whole thing. And they, like... That's why if you ever get decks from old Vegas casinos, they have holes punched in them. There's marked cards and shit. So that you can't bring, like, new cards. It's They're they're getting better about trying to stop the cheaters. But it's also not cheating. It's not technically... It's not cheating. The game is not well designed. It's not illegal. It's just they will kick your ass out of a casino so fast your head will spin. Yeah, because you're costing them money. And, um, you know... They can do that. You know how much different Vegas would be if it wasn't operated by the mafia at one point? It was just business owners. They wouldn't there would not be a threat of like being blacklisted from casinos now if the mob didn't run Vegas at one point. You probably wouldn't be welcomed back into a casino where you got caught counting cards, but you wouldn't get blacklisted from all of the other ones. Um So they go, wow. they go to the table, and in the on their way to the table, the song "Echo Echo" plays. Echo Echo I. Um, I Whoa. said, and I said, "Hangover making the song cool before TikTok did." That song was cool before that movie. That I've never cool heard that song till TikTok. That song I- is on a Luau Party Mix CD that my parents had. We would listen to it on many vacations. I heard it on TikTok. And you haven't heard the original version then. No. You've only heard that new shitty one. Oh my god. I've heard the TikTok one and the one that played on The Hangover just now. Oh my god, you gotta listen to the original one. It's just better. Um, My whole note for most of this scene is Alan is an idiot. Who knows nothing. But how to count cards. But can count cards. The fucking sure. I, I I love that we finally got like because I always wondered where the screen grab came from with Zach Galifianakis and just math equation shit floating around his head, and I finally saw it and I was like ah, a little bit of my life has been made clearer. Know your memes, children. Know your memes. Know your memes. Um, but yeah, that fucking they get Bradley Cooper to be the attention seeker behind him. They get Stu in with uh, his wife 
to fucking play the loser on the other side of the table. It's fucking great. It's fucking great. You know, Jacob used to count cards. Mm-hmm. Have I told you that before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of, like, the first things we talked about. Yeah, because he's a madman. Um... I then come across my next You Can't Make This Movie in 2022 line. Which one? Uh, it's when Zach Galifianakis gets out of the car and he falls. And Ken Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he's fat. He said the fat guy falls on, fell on his face. Um, yeah. Body shaming. Can't make this movie in 2022. Nope. Um, Super can't do that. They're on the phone with someone. Oh, it's... We catch up to the beginning of the movie. Well, we have to go over the whole fucking oh, deal. Oh, I didn't care about that. So, they get the eight, they get their 80 grand. They get 82, actually. 82,400. $82,400. And so, they're like, alright, we're gonna go get Doug back. And so, they go out into the desert. They meet Ken Jong and his goons. And they get Doug back. But Doug is different. Because, you see, Doug is... Not Doug. He's another Doug. I mean, I was like, I was about to say, I mean, he is Doug. He's Doug, but he's not the right Doug. Instead, this is Black Doug. Which is, like, questionable to say, but that is what he is. Another reason we couldn't make this movie in 2022. I mean, they even make a point of being like, hey, man, that's not cool. So, you know, there's that. But basically, Ken Jong accidentally kidnapped the wrong Doug. And then he got his 80 grand back, so he doesn't give a shit anymore. This is the Doug that sold, sold the roofies the roofies to, to Alan. Alan. So. It all comes back. It's all full circle. Um. So, yeah, they take Doug. They lose the 80 grand. And then Phil is finally like, well, I guess we got to call Tracy. So he calls Tracy, who is Doug's bride-to-be. And it starts filling him in on how they lost Doug and all this shit. And then uh, Doug is talking with Alan and Stu and makes a comment. And Stu puts all the pieces together and realizes, we left Doug on the roof. Duh. And so he tackles Phil while on the phone. Slams him. Slams him. This is a stupid note. But they make the point that they're going to meet. Leslie at dawn, and this should have been Tracy's one of Tracy's many clues that something was wrong. When they called it fucking, they called it brunch. They were like, "Yeah, no, he just had a nice brunch. We'll be there as soon as we can't click." Bye. And I was like, "You There's can't no have way. brunch." There's no way. Cause it's cause it's dawn. Yeah. Maybe an hour past dawn. Maybe. But sure. It's like seven a.m. You didn't have brunch. You had breakfast. Um, but that's semantics. It doesn't really matter. So they go to the hotel. They haul ass back to the hotel. Prop the door open. He's All I have to say before we even see him is he'd been trapped up there for on a roof. Something like 24 hours. For about 24 hours in the Vegas sun. That motherfucker is dead. I don't know about dead, but he's in a very bad At way. the very most... Or at the very least, he needs to go to the hospital. Certainly. Like. And instead of doing that, they get him a Fiji water and they put a hat on him. And a robe. Like, right now, he needs to go to the hospital. And then they put him in an open-topped car. 
Stu officially decides right before they leave Vegas that he is going to disappear from his girlfriend and he wants to come back to Vegas to take out his new stripper wife. She is so much better. Infinitely. She's so nice. She's so sweet. She's so nice. She's a little dumb, but she's so nice. And we have this cute little quip of Alan going, no, we have to, the car's going to get messed up. We have to put the lid, like the hood down. And I, I like just wrote, I was like, Alan, Alan, buddy. It's not. The car's already messed up. It's. The, and The car's done. Yeah. So our, our final little hurrah before we get to the wedding and do our closing of the movie uh, is on the way, uh, we find out that Doug has 80 grand worth of Bellagio chips in his pocket. Also, I looked it up. This was mm. the second thing I looked up about the logistics of this movie. Mm. They would not make it. Yeah, they're off by about like 15 minutes. They say they have three and a half hours to make it to this wedding. That drive takes you a minimal of all, like 350. That's how much the chips are worth. Damn. In today's money. Damn. 105,000. They wouldn't make the drive. They wouldn't make it to the wedding. They'd be 20 minutes late. Thereabouts. But they do push the wedding. They do delay that shit. As um, you can see by the bored children sitting on the ground. Yeah. And then they make... James, I know, wrote a note about this, so... I don't remember who that is now. Um, also on the, the drive... The highway tuxedo delivery route. Yeah, I wrote, Nico is the best hero in this movie. Because they, they, they're driving, and this tux delivery man just... It's so random. Tux, tuxes. It's just so random. They don't explain when they called the guy. They don't explain what's happening. There's just a van with tuxes being hurled. Why? Why is that even in there? I mean, I know, like, dude, it's absolutely, like, the script was in the final stages, and they were like, fuck, how do they get the tuxedos? Are they already at the venue? That's kind of boring. What if a van showed up on the highway at 90 miles an hour and just threw them into the back of the fucking Mercedes? That'd be tight as fuck. And they were like, yeah, that's a great idea. We should do that. Absolutely. And it's hilarious. Number one hero that saves the movie is Nico. Um, also, we find out afterwards that, like, it Nico is one of Alan's buddies. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, you know, Alan, for being a lone wolf, really you sure have people. a lot of fucking buddies. Yeah. Got Doug the drug guy. You got the three that are in the car with you. Nico the tux guy. Nico the tux guy. Like, you got people, dude. He's a lone wolf. But he's a lone wolf. In a wolf pack of five. Four. Four. Um, he goes, they get to the wedding. They barrel through the doors and make a fucking MapQuest joke. That didn't age well. Does MapQuest still exist? I don't know. Can you still I get think, directions no, from MapQuest? MapQuest was just turned into Google Maps. Really? I believe so. We're going to look. We're going to look right now. Live on air. Oh my god, it's a thing. MapQuest is real. <coughs> Does our street exist on MapQuest? No. <coughs> Bless you. No, it does not. MapQuest doesn't know how to get here. Ha. Ah. No one does. You can't find us anymore. Domino's knows. Mwah. Domino's can find us. Um... 
Doug still should have gone to the hospital. There is no reason Doug should be standing or partying or wearing a tux right now with the amount of sunburn. But The sequel is set up so on the nose. The reception is DJed by a man who the should not be- The wedding singer is the, the worst, worst part of this movie. The, the absolute worst. It's it's like it, it's like it's like the crossing the line bit is the wedding singer being atrocious. It was so the movie, so the rest cringe. of the movie's cringe. Uh, this was like uncomfortable tense your shoulders like It's cringe. so bad. It didn't make any sense. It's either. not funny enough for me to be like, yeah, we should include it. It just didn't make sense as a it's wedding. It's just not right. Singer. It's just not right. It was weird. It gives me like uncomfortable shivers. Also, bride and groom get final say on playlists at weddings, so there's no fucking way that the band plays, what is it, a fucking, is Candy Shot, is 50 Cent? A 50 Cent song? They also play like the theme song to Fame. I don't know that, but I know the 50 Cent song. Fame, I wanna live forever. I wanna know how to fly. I, we're gonna get DMCA. Stop it. It was a TV show, and then they made a really bad movie out of the TV show. It was like Glee before Glee. Gross. All of those things are bad. Stu gets in a fight with his girlfriend. And it's not the fight I wanted, but it's good enough. Yeah. It's just not what I wanted. I wanted more. I wanted a bigger blow up, and I didn't want it to happen. In the middle of dancing in the reception. Yeah, because they still stole the entire fucking show away from the wedding. Yeah, but then they swiftly returned it by going and stew dancing. But there was just a little blow up, nothing, nothing to write home about really. Uh, but it's like it's like you definitely like you get home from that wedding and you talk to your girlfriend or your wife on or the drive home and you're, and you're like, like, oh my god, dude, the crazy shit happened at the reception. The wedding was fine. It was nice. But the crazy shit happened. Did you see how red the groom was? Like, Stu, Stu was screaming at his girlfriend, like screaming at her about yeah. how awful she is. Did you crazy. hear that she slept with like a bartender? Pilot, I thought it was a waiter. Waiter. Captain of the ship. The captain of the ship. Um, Alan tried to ask her out. It was fucking weird. He's like, I'm getting my bartending license soon. She's like, go fuck yourself. And he's like, no thanks. Bye. Um, and my final note for this entire movie is uh, making this movie must have been an absolute blast. I love it because the fucking, the stills from that camera that they find... <laughs> Like, they're not, unless they just did really good, like, on-set shenanigans at, like, a studio or a lot or whatever. Like, you have to go be in Vegas to do that shit. So they a lot probably of them were, were like, in Vegas in the doing fountain. that shit. Yeah, I was like, I they, like, had to go, like, actually have a Vegas night and, like, go do all this shit. And just carry around this, like, camera, because they look like they're taking on it. They look like they're taking on a shitty digital camera. So they probably just, like, sort of, like, here, boys... You're going with three security guards and a PA. Have fun. A PA was a shot list. And they just went and had a time in Vegas. Like. Oh, it's just so great. This is a good movie. Let's see, do I have any other notes? It's a good movie and you get to see part two. Oh, I super didn't need to see Zach Galifianakis' dick. I think that's your second time saying that. Yeah, but the first time you don't really see it because he's taking a piss. The second time you see it. 
It's in someone's mouth. And then out of their mouth. And I don't know. Maybe it's a prosthetic. Because, like, some questionable things that you do to make movies happen. But that's like, whoa. Are you just questioning the size of Zach Galifianakis' penis? No, I'm questioning the legality of putting that in the film. <laughs> but it wasn't in the film. It was in, probably in the, it was in the end credits, which is probably how they got away with it. Is the, is the movie rated R? Yeah, I think so. Oh, it's fine then. We saw about that much of a uh, Christian Grey's dick in. You see 50 his shades dick? of grey. Yeah, I thought they just did like almost kind of sex. Oh no, they show like full sex. Yeah, I but you like only it. see his penis once. Didn't like that. Didn't like what you said. Um, there's lots of things that show full sex. Game of Thrones. Well. Anyways. I fucking like this movie. Well, hopefully you like part two as well. Seven and a half out of ten. It was good. It was good. It was better than I remember. It was a good, raunchy romp, and that's exactly what it was supposed to be. It wasn't pretending to be something else. It wasn't pretentious. It wasn't arrogant. It was exactly what I expected it to be, and that makes it good. Because far too often we see these shit, shit movies that try to be something that they're not, and it's just sad. It's just sad. I don't like that. So next is Hangover Part 2. As of this recording, we're double uploading tonight. You get two uploads you tonight. two episodes of what fucking movie? Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh my god. Prep your ear holes for fucking Harry Potter, baby. I mean, you guys will have already listened to it. Oh, certainly. Because this is podcast. This is going to come out in weeks. So, bye. Bye.